Hello, my fellow slouch potatoes. I am joining you here as I slouch as well. I am slouching in my chair. Hmm. Looks like the joke is on me now. All right, I'm going to sit up a little bit better, a little more straighter. Let me just straighten out my insides and create a little bit more space in there. That feels better. Yes, not as slouchy. Hey, I am totally, I hear you, you know. It's the end of the day. You want to just curl up and get yourself all flopped out on a piece of furniture. And uh, I know that when I do a little bit more to just kind of keep myself upright and not sit as much, that that feels better. What do they say? Sitting is the new smoking? Well, I guess I'm uh, going through a few packs a day then. I notice even when I'm sleeping sometimes that I'll just be like clutching a pillow and why am I not just relaxing? <laughs> I sleep. Shouldn't we just all be relaxing? Oh boy. Just to relax when you're sleeping. You'd think when you're sleeping, I mean, that's what I always thought when I was little, you see in the cartoons, you see it in TV, it looks so peaceful. Everybody's just nice and quiet. And, and then you just kind of wake up after, you know, eight hours of good sleep and you're refreshed. <sighs> what happened to that? Maybe some of you out there, that happens. Um, I, I feel like I you know wake up sometimes a couple times a night. Maybe, uh, maybe at least like at the 3 to 5 a.m. time zone. That seems around when people tell me they're all waking up. And that, that early, early, early morning part of the day. That chunk of the day, just got to just get rid of that chunk of the day. Just turn, turn everything off for that part of the day. There needs to be, where's the kill switch on everything? Just take it all off. Let people sleep at least those, those moments when everyone's waking up. Well, I didn't think I'd be speaking this much in the intro about posturing and sleep habits, but it seems kind of fitting for my guest today, Josh Wheatley, who is going to be here talking about acupuncture and Ayurveda, and we'll be talking about living a balanced life while also dipping into some of his um, past in the punk rock scene in the uh, up in Vegas. So we're going to get into that. And as the title is so aptly named, which is, I, I don't get to like, I don't always come up with the title for the shows, but Vegas and the Vedas. I, I really like that. I think it's, it's pretty catchy and it's very suiting for what we're going into. I am happy to have Josh here. He's a Tucson friend I met out here and really great, great guy, super sweet, very gentle soul. He has a wonderful acupuncture clinic in town and he has a lot of great stuff that he offers, um, offerings online you can do with him. And I'll, I'll link to all those in the show notes. All right. So as I do a little yakety yak here, we're going to hear some talk back. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go.
we'll see where the wind shall take us today, Josh. That's so well. We're going to go on the ride the wind. <laughs> on the winds of change. The winds of change. The times they are changing. The times they are changing, blowing in the wind. <laughs> wind. The, the wind. wind beneath my wings. Yeah, all the wind. And, and the reason we're saying all this is because it's windy out. It's the spring wind. It's the wind of spring that comes through Tucson and it just blows it all apart. <laughs> Something like that, huh? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of, yeah, the wind, um, the wind here is like, for people that haven't experienced like desert wind, you know, because back east it was windy, but here it's this kind of like, goes through you. Back there it just gets sucked into the plant life, but here it's just kind of like rolls from far away. You feel it from far away and right. it comes in and uh, and gets you. And gets you, makes you crazy. And gets you. And um, so here we are. We're doing it in the wind, but on a nice enclosed kind of porch area, you know, brick. The bricks holding the wind at bay. (laughs) (laughs) We could just talk about the wind. I feel like a weatherman (laughs) right now. A weather weather vane. I was actually wanting to get a weather vane the other day. So I'm already going off on a tangent before before (laughs) I let you even speak. Um, Yeah, I was thinking how cool it would be to have a weather vane up top and just be like, oh, that's neat, you know? What is a weather vane? Is that the little tube thing or the windsock kind of looking thing? No, but we need a windsock as well. Windsock would be (laughs) good. We do need one of those. So put that on the list of things to get. Pick up at the store. Here's your list. (laughs) A weather vane is those things at the top of the houses, like... I don't. I mean, I don't think people are using them anymore. But it's usually maybe like a rooster or something, and it point the direction. Oh, right, so, right, right. Oh, the right. wind's blowing northeast or something like that, and um, and you know, then they could tell. Okay, that's where the rooster's right. pointing, right? Or some animal or something like that creature. I'd probably get like a Bigfoot weather vane if right. I could. Right. And uh, yeah. So anyway, the windy winds. But we're here. I'm excited. We're having some nice tea right now. It's good. Cheers. Cheers. It's always nice to... <laughs> the Nerve. S- sound effects. <laughs> Nervine tonic. Mm-hmm. Nerve tea. It's like um, you can do little plugs, you know, because not sponsored or anything, so we can just, you know, do a plug for Nerve tea for the Tucson Herb Store. It's delicious. It's so good. Takes the edge off of life, I say. Just takes a little... Just softens things a little bit more. And... Um, we're um we're just like we were kind of joking beforehand how we were gonna you know like do a bunch of drugs during the show and make it an epic show and then take acid at the very end and say we'll return and we'll be back and give you an update and then we'd go streaking into another dimension <laughs> into as the, you said. Yeah. Yep. streaking into the fourth dimension right only the fourth yeah I'm not ready to go don't to want to go any further than that all. yet not ready for we that. have some boundaries yes we have some sense yeah we do we have to we have to pace ourselves to be practical yeah i can it's the third dimension is enough is <laughs> for me so trying to get to the fourth is you know um yeah man how you been doing then how are you doing right now i'm doing really well you know it's been interesting it seems like life is kind of really waking up for a lot of people right now and yeah and so there just seems to be more kind of in the air that feels really kind of happy and fresh to me. And so that's yeah. been amazing. Yeah. I'm loving that. It's really nice. And, um, you know, as I said in the intro for the show, uh, you're so 
your your I, I place you in master status. Wow. Can I do that? Is wow. that okay to say? Master status in Ayurveda and acupuncture. Wow. Okay. And uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just <laughs> take that in. Take it. Re. Um, yeah. Enjoy that. Enjoy that I just classified you as a master. All right. If you'd like. I appreciate it. So that's something that uh, you follow, uh, maybe yeah. even more, um, more pay more attention to than, I don't know, some people it's, you know, might not be paying attention as much as like the weather patterns and um, the elements. Right. And it's something that you really do pay close heed right. to. and. Even your, you know, even it's funny. You're just saying, talking about the weather vane, and my first thought is animals, directionality. Those are omens, you know. So in astrology, that's really important stuff. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even these kind of simple things, I, I, I'm always kind of having that lens in the back of my mind, I guess, huh? Well, I'm gonna throw something at you that is like extremely recent because I was just at the Tucson Botanical Gardens with some family who's been at, from out of town, and we saw. This was just today, like at um, late morning. And we saw an owl in mm. one of the trees facing the facing to the west. Okay. In the daytime, which is kind of rare. I mean, I don't really, I don't right, really see right. owls here. Right. They're yeah. night owls, right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, you know, owls are really curious. It's funny that we're getting into this, but because I've been really into omens lately, but owls are a really special omen because they, they can have various meanings and some cultures give them kind of actually a little bit heavy meaning and some give them very like kind of um, auspicious meaning too. So you can look at them both ways, but directionality is a big piece of it, you know? So facing west is kind of, I feel like I'm jumping in so fast here, but... We are. Um, well, that's, that's, I think, what we do here. I think we um, do that. You know, so it has to do with Saturn. Saturn's about hard work Saturn's about delays um, you know it, it, it can be a little bit heavy at times you know so my interpretation of seeing an owl facing west if it really spoke to you and kind of this seeing it in the daylight and feeling the sense of like oh this isn't really a normal event necessarily you know would have a big um, that would definitely stand out to me too and I would imagine it would point towards something to do with working hard right now you know or there's going to be some um, owls also tend to represent um, unseen things because so often we don't see them you know so yeah. there's work that might come out of places you weren't expecting it to or you know or or in some way you know some some maybe even just some bills that you weren't expecting to pay i don't oh, want to jinx you by saying you know, watch your car or your house but <laughs> or maybe yeah. money i didn't know was there or it could be that <laughs> right you have this inheritance bradford and it's trying oh. to tune you into it oh great i have a, I have a rich relative <laughs> you do they're coming for you rich they're coming for you Oh, good. I like I like that one. Thank you, owl. Right, Western owl. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's fascinating. It's really interesting because you know it's, those things happen. You know, if people are paying attention, and I, I think they happen a lot if we're um, if, we're, if we're looking. Uh, I, that I mean, and I'm not going to take the credit for that because someone else saw it. So I was like, oh wow, that's that's amazing. There's the owl, and um, and then at that point, it's kind of like, well, sometimes yeah, we attach meaning to it. We we do that and how do you just let it you know kind of come into you you know what what happens right. from there and just like allowing something to open up right, right? like right. instead of um i mean seeing that and just kind of like looking out and be like yeah cool i'm gonna just let this let this um look out for those signs right 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 which is i think really cool something that's kind of like uh the term uh 
prospiracy is that it where the world is out to like get you in a good way mm. <laughs> um i it's think trying to a, speak to you right? yeah it's trying to speak to you it's right. trying to like give you these these signs and clues to be like yo we, we got you you know right. it might not be always pleasant but right um really trying to like kind of give you a the nurturance that you are looking for right i love that i do too because i mean <laughs> let's be honest i can flip to the other side and go into the you know get me they're all out to get me (laughs) (laughs) the world is out to get me (laughs) i want to wrap myself on a mylar blanket and hide in the closet um yeah so um well that's cool that's like yeah we did just dive in and 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 so i kind of want to i'm going to reel us back because um i want to know about where you grew up and we've we've talked about this a little bit you know like where you're from and uh you know definitely kind of moving in a in a back to a different world for a little bit it's like from vegas yep what what was that like (sighs) you know it's funny whenever i mention to people being from vegas you know that's it's often the reaction you it's like one of those towns right where you're like what is that like you know it's not like oh well i grew up in you know cincinnati or los angeles like it's just like okay a city you're like, no, that's Las Vegas. But yeah, you know, it's, it's it is. It's right. like it's a one of a kind place. It yeah. truly is. Um, yeah. And, you know, growing up there, honestly, to me, felt very normal because, you know, you don't know any different. Right. You know, yeah. your experience is your experience. So to me, it was like, this is what life is like. And it wasn't until moving away and later in life that I kind of was able to, you know, pull myself back from it and see it and say, like, oh, wow, no, that, it's kind of a crazy place to grow up, actually, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, and in ways it is, and in ways that, you know, there's also very normal life. There's suburbs and there's, you know, Best Buy and Starbucks and all that stuff, too. You know, so it's, there's, there's nor- normalcy there, but there's certainly a Vegas energy, no matter what. Yes. You know, it, it kind of spreads. So wherever yeah. you are, there's that energy is, is exists there, you know? Right. Like, you can't really get away from it. It's, you can't, you know? And yeah. I think, you know, so many people move there for reasons around the casino industry or jobs and money mm-hmm. and things like that right so it's like yeah. even people who live there you know they have some ties to that culture or at least they feel comfortable in that culture enough to be there so yeah, yeah. It, it it does it's it's everywhere you know yeah so the like the the vegas is it's i mean it's an intense place yep it seems like an intense place and and for the the uh energy of it like I mean, you probably weren't aware of it necessarily growing up. Maybe now there's some more, like, hindsight of, you know, this is this place. Um, But what is that like? I mean, especially you being, um, you know, someone who works a lot with energy in people, uh, an energetic body. What does that, how was that? You know, how do you see it now through that lens? You know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I don't feel, when I go back to Vegas, I mean, my whole family's back there. So I go back, you know, somewhat regularly. And yeah. it's just not a great place for me to be energetically. I feel tired. I feel drained. I feel heavy. I feel lethargic. You know, it, 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 it does seem to affect me on kind of a physiological and mental, emotional yeah. level for sure, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So looking at it yeah again it's not my favorite place to be so yeah (laughs) you know i I kind of go see the family hang out and then you know hit the road and get on out you know (laughs) 
But it is an interesting place that I, I've told anybody who's never been there, you should experience it. You should go there. I mean, it is such a one-of-a-kind, yeah. strange place. You know, these, like, facades of, like, fake, you know, the fake Paris Hotel and the fake New York, New York. And, the, yeah. you know, everything that's this kind of strange, you know, I guess maybe the worst aspects of U.S. culture. You know, this, like, shallow facade of things, you know, and this, like, enjoyment, this Disneyland kind of feeling for you know, excess and, yeah. you know, for, for adults to go kind of binge in it, you know, and kind of yeah. let go of all their inhibitions, which is also an interesting idea that, you know, I think that is also an important part of culture is to have that, yeah, <laughs> you know, that kind of... That was, uh, that, <laughs> that sealed the deal on that. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the way that, um, I mean, it's obvious now that like, that's why Hunter Thompson was, you know, right. He went to Vegas. Right. You know, fear and loathing. It's like kind of really captures something about that world, that part of the world. Right. And yet, you know, we've also spoken a little bit about the music scene there, right? Like you were, uh, we both share a a very fondness for punk rock. Yep. Like good, good punk. And um, the good stuff. And the bad stuff. Yeah, not the bad. I like some of the bad. You like some of the bad. I like some of the bad. I guess I like some of the bad too. I mean, you know, there's like... I'm not even going to say it right now because, <laughs> you know, I probably would get a little something for it if people were like, oh, you want really? You like that? All right. Um, but I'm, no, I stand by that. You know, there's, there's, there's bands that I like, pop punk bands that really influenced me that I still hold true to. You know, I've even revisited, um, you know, the past year, kind of dip, dipping back into some things that I haven't really, like, listened to in a long time. I'm like, yeah, I do like that. I'm not going to like listen to it all the time, right? But it has a special place in my heart, and I'm still like, I, I realize that's why I loved it, right? And that's why I I got into punk rock, right? So, what about you? Like, how how did you get into it? How'd you get into that world? You know, it kind of sort of it was one of those kind of typical story i didn't have an older brother but it was like my friend you know had the cool you know we were 13 14 and there was you know he was probably all of 17 but he seemed like he was you know yeah way older and way cooler and you know he was the punk rocker guy you know and so we like grab his tapes you know his cassette tapes and that was my first exposure and you know, for me, a big part of it was kind of growing up in the suburbs of Vegas, you know, and just this kind of normal middle class mundane existence was like this whole new world that existed that I had no clue about, you know, and hearing these wild bands, you know, I was, you know, kind of getting into like, I was into the doors and Led Zeppelin, you know, getting Mm -hmm. into rock and roll basically, you know, and just hearing these crazy, you know, um, like naked ray gun or black flag and the sex pistols and just going, what the hell is this? You know, (laughs) and just being so blown away by it. Yeah. And something about just that kind of the rebellious part of it, you know, really spoke to me in this way of like, it was like another world opening, you know? Yeah. So it was huge, you know? Um, so that was kind of my first exposure and as you know, back at that point, you know, we, it, it, the best, the only way you could find stuff was, you know, friends, brothers, cassette tapes, or, you know, and then you meet a couple friends who, you know, it was so hard to come across that stuff. You know, I mean, it these was. days, obviously you can get it anywhere and listen to any band you want, but yeah. there's that magic of it, you know, and like, you know, going to the, finding the independent record store and just taking a wild guess and grabbing a dead Kennedy's record <sighs> and looking at the cover, you know, and going, yeah, I got, you know, whatever, 13 bucks. Yeah. I can only, I can only buy one album and then kind of, you know, 
deciding and I'm buying that one, you know? And and things weren't like laid out for you back then as much now, you know? Right. There wasn't lists. It was like, oh, here's the top 10 classic. It's like we were still kind of, it was just still fresh yep. in there. So yeah, Dead Kennedys, um, Misfits, you know, these, these bands are like, yeah, they had a name for themselves, but like we weren't able to find you just had to really search for you it you to want it you to really want it right yeah and, and to earn just, it <laughs> and earn it yeah right like there wasn't magazines there weren't online blogs or nothing and and great that that's happening now because you know i've found some things that i didn't know about and gotten to hear stuff that i didn't get to hear then yeah but like i mean i remember like maximum rock and roll was that magazine i don't know if you ever read yeah, that yeah, like, that yeah. would kind of have some stuff and things but again it was always just like i'm gonna just take a shot here and maybe i'll find something that i like and then the the local music scene that was really big at least for me so like you know the lo- some of the local bands that really were like yep. step ways into these classics you yeah. know where it's yeah. like oh why does that band sound like that oh, oh well, i still remember you know this little vegas band boba fett youth what a great name right what was it boba fett youth dude nice and um <laughs> yeah you know and we're like 14 and these guys come over to our backyard and play a show for uh, you know all these yeah. they were probably 20 21 yeah and it was just the coolest thing i've ever seen you know and you know they never made a huge name but that band is such i still have their seven inches yes. and their album and yeah. you know and it's just pretty you know run-of-the-mill yeah punk rock with some cool star wars you know <laughs> solos in there and stuff like that um, but it was so shaping <laughs> a han it solo me. totally there's a totally a, <laughs> there's totally a han solo it gotta be um <laughs> but yeah you're so right you know it's it was yeah. such another window into another the yeah. fourth dimension maybe is that the fourth dimension the fourth dimension yeah <laughs> the I local think, music scene yeah local music when you're scene. that age yeah i think so i think you're so you're 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 touching into something at that point that feels um like yeah i mean it was so special and like freeing i remember going to shows and i, I imagine the same feeling like you said just this like freedom to be like i'm going to like i'm rebelling against something that i really see i see an issue with this like system <laughs> i see an issue there's something wrong and why is no one like doing something about it and there's music that is speaking to that and like that's really powerful you know yep. especially in that kind of zone of when you're a teen and oh, um, it's so huge right yeah it's part of like shaping who you become yeah. as an adult yeah 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 um do, so i imagine in, in vegas because you were like we had philadelphia near us and so you know there's definitely like a lot of people coming through were there big bands that would come through vegas at that time you know were there venues for that you know, it was kind of. I, 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 that's one thing I look back. The cursing and the bless of being in Las, cursing and the blessing of being in Las Vegas. Yeah. You know, was it's not really a big town for independent music. I mean, or independent culture in general. Yeah. And you know, we had a club, like a medium-sized club, and some. You know, like the Circle Jerks would come through, or you know, yeah. some of the like kind of bigger bands for sure. But you know, as far as like a culture of underground music, it was tiny. You know, yeah. so tiny because that town just didn't support doesn't Mm -hmm. it still really doesn't support the arts and independent culture and punk culture you know yeah and so looking at it now you know but i see you know i moved to portland at one point right and and i saw the blessing of las vegas you know and the scene that i thought was just so ridiculous and tiny you know and i got to portland and it was like you know there's a show every night of the week and you know all the clicks that you know you could be in whatever click you want to be in and you know everybody's in a band and everything's really cool and already happening 
and we didn't have that in Vegas. And I think that what that really actually inspired was like that DIY ethic of making things happen. Like if you wanted a show to happen, yeah, you had to be the one, you know, and to, yeah. we, you know, rent generators and find abandoned buildings out in the middle of the desert, or there was a cave, you know, like a cave. so a show in a cave, you oh know, like gosh. it was really like bootstrapped together scene, you know. Yeah, and I think it also made us closer as friends because there were so few of us you know there wasn't really clicks because yeah. you know there was a couple crusty punks and a couple emo kids and, yeah you know the political punks and and we only had each other so we all knew each other and we all hung out you know and it wasn't nearly yeah. as like that high school social click vibe that i feel like i noticed in portland or you know probably other big scenes probably philadelphia too you know right where because right. there was you could do that kind of thing but for us we just didn't have that option really so it was it was a really special thing that I look on really fondly. And even though we didn't have venues to hold shows in all the time and they get closed down and, and there wasn't like centralized cafes to like gather at, you yeah. know, but there'd just be these really kind of spontaneous happenings almost, you know, out in the middle of the desert, you know, abandoned tubes is where we had one show. Abandoned venue for, tubes. Yeah. Until the cops would find it and they'd break it up and then, you know, and then find <laughs> another place. And <laughs> so there's something really cool that I totally now appreciate and love so much about yeah. kind of the lack of the scene there, you know, that we had. Yeah. That's makes, really special. Makes extra special going to Kinko's making flyers right. and doing just all the like promotion that was like, yeah, you knew that the only way to see something was to do that. Right. And just word of mouth flyers. Like there was no other way. Yep. There was no way to, yeah. Yep. To get people to know about it. Um, yeah, something more about that being more tangible, I think, is, is really cool. Right. Um, you know, and that was yeah. also the time, I, I think I told you this story before, too, but, you know, like, The Decline of Western Civilization, that movie, you know, oh was gosh. like yeah. my Bible, you yeah. know, my friend's Bible. And because that was pre-internet. Yeah, we had that. And so dub, you have the recorded, recorded version. Yeah. yeah. And that was our, like, window kind of outside of our town and our situation, you know, and you'd, yeah. you'd see, like, oh, there's all these things going on. Yeah. And so we would just watch that on repeat and, and you know, memorize all the lines <laughs> to it and probably emulate the people for better or worse and you know but it was it was a cool or that's how we connected to a larger you know kind of network um outside of just our little town and when i met i met the director penelope spears a few years ago right right she she was at the loft and they were showing wayne's world which is another movie she did she was that's right i just learned about that i learned about that from you and then i also um oh my gosh during they're doing these like um reunited apart series this guy online and so he's been doing all these 80s movies like oh man some of them ferris bueller um, back to the future ghostbusters wayne's world and so she came on there because she was the director yep yep which is crazy right she's the director of wayne's world and decline of western civilization right right (laughs) and so if anyone has not seen decline of western civilization i think really the only way that you would be able to see it now if you you know is if you're like a diehard punk fan, you know, or like you have that in your history and you never saw it. Cause if you just go to watch it now, I don't, right. It's probably not going to really translate. You're not going to get it. But for, for those of us that were watching it then, yeah, I mean, I just wore out my VHS copy of it too. It was like, just constantly like, Oh my gosh, there's fear X germs, like these bands, black flag. And you're getting this like intimate window into this scene where it's like that's LA, that's like punk. Whoa, right. it's like real it's deal. Scary. It's scary. It's, it's a little scary. It is a scary movie, and at yeah. that age especially, you know, it's yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, that's good. So you met her? Did you meet her? Or just I did. You know what's funny is we were it's watching Wayne's World. Yeah. And I had to go pee, and I get up, and I walk out to the lobby, you know? And she's just, like, sitting there on the bench, like, playing on her phone or whatever, <laughs> you know, waiting for the movie, because she's going to give it, like, a little talk at the end. Yeah. And I just, like, like, froze, you know? And I went in, and I was, like, peeing and taking forever. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I gotta talk to yes. her. I just gotta talk to her, you know? And I totally had one of those, like, you know, fanboy, like, mumble, can't find my words, because, you yeah. know... It sounds silly, and it is in a way, but it meant so much to me. Those Dude, that I, movie meant. Yeah. I mean, it, I, you know, I kind of gave her, told her what I just told you. You know, yeah. what it was a way for me of like to see beyond yes. like, the confines of the world I existed in, and that was such a huge life-changing experience for me. You know. Yeah. What and it, even if it was about kind of like drug and booze out sure. <laughs> punk rockers and yeah. you know like it was it was so important to me and so I, I told her and she was so cool super yeah. funny super like dark dry sense of humor and yeah. um, she and she said something like yeah I'm glad I made Wayne's World that's what's like made it so I don't have to worry about money anymore so now I can just make whatever I want you know or something she has this very funny sense of humor about it all and um, doesn't yeah. take herself super seriously and was, yeah. was so cool yeah oh, it, was, awesome. it, was a, it was a neat experience no I think that is special you know meaning like yeah the hero in a way you know it's like it yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. That's I mean, no diss on Wayne's World. That's a no, fantastic that's also, movie too. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're like totally different. It's just so you would never, you would never know that it was the same person right, right. that directed these movies. Right. It's like, yeah, right. they're both they're both awesome classics. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So um, so yeah, being in Vegas and just like going through the music world there and. Uh, and when you when you got out like how did you get involved in kind of the path you started from there you know like what how how to do you know because we we kind of have similar yeah backgrounds in that way like I think so too. I, you, know, you go from punk rock to you know which i don't talk much about the work i do but the you know being a somatic experiencing practitioner craniosacral therapist uh as as one of my you know livelihoods uh you know it's it's interesting because i noticed that in some um in the natural healing profession i know a lot of people who had that background you know they have tattoos they they were really into punk rock um and then they move into like the massage world um and and the therapist's role you know acupuncture it's interesting right i don't know what do you yeah so like I'm curious how your path kind of meandered from from that, or what was like the progression. It's a big you know, transition question window for you to to go. <laughs> well, that's kind of what it was too, I guess. You know, it's funny. I think it was like by the time I hit my, you know, probably early twenties. You know, I just kind of came across some of these things, you know, like yoga, meditation, and Ayurveda. You know, yeah. and they all were really interesting to me. And I, for some reason, I just had this kind of interest you know this kind of like uh, i don't know maybe from the outside like oh that's kind of interesting you know i don't know if i would have said cool quite yet you know yeah um but it slowly just kind of pulled me in and i think there was definitely these kind of this transition that happened through my 20s really you know where i started you know i became a massage therapist and i started doing some yoga and i was already a vegetarian but you know like looking at diet stuff and you know reading eat right for your blood type and you know checking out basic ayurvedic principles and you know so there was an interest there in that kind of i don't really like the word self-improvement but just kind of checking out that's more like 60s like the self-improvement right 
world from the hippies, but it's, yeah, yeah something self-improvement. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what the word is, but, but so, yeah. So, but, but there was this little bit of morphing, you know, and as I kind of pulled more back from like, you know, I was still doing my fair share of really late nights and probably still yeah. a lot of drinking and things like that, you know, but I had this interest and I was doing some yoga pretty regularly at that point. And, you know, just seeing those subtle changes when, you know, you kind of feel better in your body is kind of a cool sensation. And then, you know, you're like, but whatever, you know, and then you go drink the next night and you feel like crap or whatever, you know, right? So it was like this kind of metamorphosis thing kind of happening, I feel like, right? So these worlds became kind of like separate worlds, but also intermingled worlds for me. So I still have my foot kind of in both worlds in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. And, um... And, and I think over time, it just kind of got a little more away. You know, I think as you get older, of course, you know, once you get through your 20s, you know, you change. You become a different person, right? And mm-hmm. and, and I think part of that growth was kind of moving away from youth culture in some ways because I wasn't really a youth anymore. And yeah. so to me, it was a natural progression sort of. But, but, you know, looking at it now, I really see it as part of that same path. You know, it, it took me some years to kind of say like, oh, no, that's the same path for me, I should say, I guess. But... You know, it was, and I think it started, it was like questioning reality, right? Like, mm. what is this life? What are we here for? What's the purpose of life? What's important? What are values that are important, right? And, and you know, for me, it started when you're a teenager, especially, but, you know, you get into punk and you hear your Jello Biafra ranting about something you never heard of and it's pretty cool. And, mm-hmm. you know, but you, you're kind of doing that same process you do is, for lack of a better word, in a spiritual practice too, right? You, yeah. You're questioning reality. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so to me, I was like, oh, no, that's that wasn't really such a, a different path. Yeah, it was loud and, you know, a lot of, like, action and partying, but it was the same thing. I, I that There felt like something was missing to me in life, and there, there was something more than what I was experiencing. And so yeah. it was really just a continuation of that quest to figure out, what's my life about who am i you know what do i want to do what you know and and not necessarily just taking what you're presented with yeah at face value you know right yeah yeah i think that's uh that's really well said like and i i know we we hear this a lot right i mean i, I do at least in things people i follow and, and listen to and it's like yeah it's um that big question right like who am i the big the big me <laughs> the big i and and asking that questioning authority kind of like the ultimate question <laughs> the big the big one right? right like what is going on here what's the point what's the <laughs> point yeah like is the point to just you know suburban home 2.5 children kind of thing you know um that could be people I'm, i know are very satisfied with that and yep. i, I want to make clear because you know i probably <laughs> in the youthful days would be like screw that they don't know what they're doing and I don't know what they're doing because they could very well be following that path to more uh, expansive opening in their, you know, in their consciousness and awareness because I I realize that now, you know, it was like limited thinking just, okay, these people, but there's also kind of on a relative level, right? Um, Yeah, maybe like there is more to just kind of, you know, work till I drop dead. Right. Right. Have the and big I, house. And I have all this cars, unused vacation right. time, and now I'm gone. Right. And what do I do with that? Where's right. that vacation time going? I can't give it away. Right. And I really wanted to go to Vegas with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, put it all on red. Put it all on red, man. It's all, it's all on red. Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
there's that questioning and when you started to notice you you were feeling better you do something you'd be like oh actually that feels kind of good <laughs> feels better than like beating my body up and that's nice that's nice and at that point there was a kind of a movement then where you're like okay i want to i want to follow this more i'm like curious about it was there a curiosity like what's going what else what is what more is there Sure. Yeah. You know, and this is getting, I guess, now we can shift into full woo. <laughs> full you know, woo. to me, there's very much I, a, a karmic piece. To yeah. That, you know, right? Like if you've done something in your past lives, if you believe in past lives, you're going to have a predisposition to that in this life more than likely too, right? So to me, those things almost pulled me more than, you know, if there's, yeah, I guess there's some mutual curiosity in it. But to me, the things sort of came to me mm-hmm. and it was like tapping that feeling within me that went, whoa, holy shit, like this... I'm supposed to be doing this or I'm supposed to be here and yeah with this person or in this program or whatever it was, you know, and, and that was huge is yeah. developing that intuition too, you know? Yeah. That so just, sense. just, fo- yeah. So the intuition, just following that inner voice that was kind of guiding you along. Yeah. And, and of course, it. you know, correlate with very specific, you know, Dr. Lod, who's an Ayurvedic doctor based out of, he's Indian, but based out of, um, Albuquerque, you know, was a huge one. I mean, life-changing in the same way Penelope Spears and and Black Flag was, you know, like being in his presence for me was just such a life-changing experience that I can't describe in any other way. And, you know, I have a spiritual teacher, um, Amrita Nandamai, same thing. I got there as 24-year-old, kind of still a punk kid and bawling my eyes out, you know, and not knowing why, but just knowing I'm supposed to be here and I'm supposed to be around this person, you know, and... So you just mentioned two teachers. I'm wondering if you can give a little expound a little on on kind of that movement towards them. How do you how you ended up being yeah in their in their presence, right? And going well, in this in that training that you did. Yeah, and and they're kind of pretty intermingled things for me, but yeah, they're sort of separate experiences, I suppose. You know, um Amma is Amrita Mai. She's an Indian saint, right? In southern India. And she comes to the U.S., you know, every year. Not right now, of course. But, um, and she was going through L.A., you know, a person I was dating at the time and I were, you know, kind of just like, let's go check this out. And I was pretty, you know, open, like, cool, let's go check out this crazy, strange thing, right? Yeah. Drive to L.A., register, do this retreat thing, you know. And, I mean, it really was kind of that simple and quick. Yeah. I still remember the very moment of, like, being in that room and when she walked in the room and the way it hit me and then just spending that, like, week or week-long weekend crying and, you know, just acting very strange compared to what I would imagine was going to be happening. And I remember getting in a fight with my girlfriend at the time, you know, (laughs) about it because I was just transfixed. I literally wanted to just sit and I didn't really know what really, like, meditate. Not that I probably ever will, but, (laughs) you know, I just wanted to sit with her and meditate or whatever meditation meant to me and watch and just be in that kind of aura, I guess, Mm. for lack of a better word. You know, I just knew it was the right thing. Yeah. I felt that kind of inner pure quality about being in her presence i felt this desire to like reach for more spiritual experiences by being near her like you know all these uh, kind of amazing feelings were happening yeah (laughs) that i didn't know what they were how to explain and i still kind of really don't but you know it just was happening it was a real experience for me and you know and i hadn't felt that around other you know i've been exposed to yogananda and some other um you know the maharaj or whatever or um uh, what's his name (laughs) sorry 
Ramana Maharishi? No, 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 no. Um, the guy who came, the, the, the Beatles guy. Maharishi. Oh, Maharishi. Okay, sorry, right, sorry. right. Yeah, there's... Uh, um, yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, they seem cool. And they say some nice things. But it was such a different experience to be around her for me. You know, in so person. I knew I'm supposed to be... This is my teacher. You yeah. know, I knew it very clearly. Yeah, and you said... So you said when you were around her, it was a feeling of, like, peace and just feeling really good. And kind of like unconditional love, you know. I don't mm. know that I even still have the words. It's just it, it's, yeah. it's a feeling, and you. And yeah. for me, I don't ever want to get out of it. When I'm there, yeah, I could stay there forever. It it's, feels so good. It's <laughs> kind of interesting, just because, um, from mm, just transitioning from the last show, because uh, I was speaking with, kind of like this way of helping people. You know, if if we can be in our best self and feel good and just like live in joy whatever that means for you uh, how that can really rub off on other people and how that's such a gift you know if Mm. we're able to be like in a pretty uplifted um positive way in our lives that people feel that you know you feel what it's like to be around somebody who's happy (laughs) and it feels good it feels really good um as opposed to when someone's just like, you know, freaking out or right. you know, not in a darker, you know, little bit yuckier emotions. It's, you know, sometimes doesn't feel as great. And um, so what you're explaining and describing, you know, being around her as just, it feels really good. And the words aren't even there, but you just want more of it. You want to just be around it. Yep. And how, um, how special it is, you know, and I think for these kind of teachers, they have that way of just being able to hold that space so that it can really attract that feeling for other people. Um, and it's hard to explain if you've never experienced it, right. I guess, you know, but people have, I know people have, yeah, I just use an example of like you're around friends and loved ones and you know that when they're not annoying you, it's right. <laughs> it can feel really good and like right. uplifting. And I, I think we have more sense of that maybe from the past year, um, just with like being able to, connect with others and how good that connection feels like we really know that we need it and it feels really good and um and you know i think that modern science and is kind of touching in with some of this is you know the mirrored neuron network that knows now that okay we are resonating from someone else we can experience what other person is and if this person if this teacher is in that like space space it feels great Yep. to be around them they're just like living that living breathing it yeah um yeah you know and i think it for me again just my personal experience it puts me in that place so, like i feel my best self you know you feel that yeah. it's like a feeling of being unconditionally loved yeah and then it makes you feel in whatever version we can yeah of uncondition you know you you think better about the people around you you think about your family your friends you think about your enemies and you just feel a little better you know you yes. feel like you that interconnectedness with other people it becomes more that light starts to shine brighter in you you know yeah and what an amazing thing right to feel <laughs> it is like i i want that i want yeah. more of that yeah I, the experiences i've had that are in that that arena is like yeah i don't want to lose that i don't and it and then it kind of slips away and you're like oh no like this the, the like human potential <laughs> that's there and like oh wow this is possible yep. i can like be like that i can feel that and 
it just feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes other people feel good, you know? Being your best self. I think that's maybe different for for everybody, like because from whatever background they're coming from, whatever, you know, if it's a religious or spiritual background, if it's um, a vocation, you know, it can happen anywhere in whatever form, you know, you're in. It doesn't have to look a certain way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that is very, very special. I just smelled a bunch of weed. Somebody's, <laughs> do you smell that? See, my brain went to skunk, and but I guess we were actually on the same page. Great, right? yeah, you thought skunk. And it, I said, it, animal, skunk, animal and you skunk. said skunk, which weed. Direct, which direction is that coming from? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, what is the omen there? Skunk is from the south. Um, somebody doing that. Yeah, anyway, that was, well. Nice segue, huh? Yeah, good segue. And we, um, yeah, we, <laughs> anyway, I, I think that's, that's just really beautiful and, yeah, I don't know. I get really inspired just even thinking about that and talking about this. Like, what's my best self? Mm. What does that look like? And um, and and what what will I do to like to allow that to come forward? You know. And I know people. You know, we. I have a lot. There's blockages there, right? There's things that kind of like can can stop it and block it, and 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 finding the ways to remove those blockages. And um, anyway, I imagine that is also what you are working with with people and the work you do is just trying to find those ways to like kind of move the blockages, yep. right? Yep. Clear Very it much. so that it can can have that clear channel. Yep. Um, so anyway, back to the following the teachers. When you decided to go study uh, Ayurveda with Dr. Vasant Lad. Uh, maybe first also you could just describe in a in a easy to hmm. understand way maybe just what ayurveda is yeah sure so ayurveda is you know, the easiest way i tend to break it down is uh, do you know chinese medicine do you know acupuncture it's a lot like that stuff but it comes from india so it's kind of the natural <laughs> healing modality that comes out of the south indians kind of subcontinent continent area so um, but it but it uses a lot of different principles than like typical Western medical doctors might use, and it's looking at life kind of from an elemental type perspective. So we're looking at the earth element, the water, fire, ether, and air elements, right? And each of us is kind of composed of these elements and um, at different ratios. So we want to look at what the ratios are for each individual, and then how those ratios interact with the larger world around us. So the, like the wind here, how does that gonna affect me if I have a lot of excess wind in my body? It's gonna affect it differently than somebody else who might have a lot more water, right? So we're looking at that these kind of components and then using food, um, diet, lifestyle practices like uh, exercise or yoga um, and things like that to help bring yourself into more balance with nature around you so that you live a happier, healthier life. Um, so it's a very kind of individualized medicine in the sense that each of us will need some different things. So it's not like you just give, you know, a lot of people know, um, maybe ashwagandha is kind of a common herb that a lot of people have at least heard of, you know, it's an Ayurvedic herb that it's a tonic herb and a lot of people know it for energy and things like that. And it is, and it works very well like that. But for a certain person, it might not work so well as it will another person depending on these, this elemental makeup or what they call the, the, the doshas. So uh, there's vata, pitta, kapha doshas. And 
that's probably a good summary, I guess. Yeah. Or a good place to start with it. You know, it goes it goes pretty in depth too, but but that's a nice overview. So looking at ourselves as individuals and how we interact with the environment around us and bring ourselves more in alignment with the environment around us. So the, maybe I'm going to throw out an example because okay. um, this might be you know helpful for some folks. Uh, the vata element, mm. right? Um, and, and maybe just focusing more on the element, like some of the signs that you might have an imbalance with the vata element in you could be like anxiety, uh, spaciness, right. uh, maybe joint issues, digestive troubles, yep. gas bloating, cracking joints. Um, yeah. There's a tendency to mentally be a little bit all over the place. You can be very creative and come up with great ideas, bringing them out of the ethers. Yeah, Those ideas can also be flash and gone just as quickly too. So <laughs> um, there's, there's, there's some funnier aspects too. But yeah, so yeah, Vata will have more issues with the air element since it's primarily rooted in that yeah. element, right? And then so you look at that and like today's a very windy day, which is the, obviously the air element. So yeah. somebody who's a Vata person, Bradford's got a lot of Vata. I do. You might be a little bit more flustered by the wind and by this kind of day where it's dry and windy and 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 you may yeah you have some more physical <laughs> issues or you may have more mental or emotional issues around it too i um, do yeah yeah <laughs> and so for for me something that i find that works well is like the nausea right yep. the i put oil up my nose crazy right which is wild i tell people that and it to be honest, uh, out here, it, a little bit more in drier climates, like I don't necessarily need that back east when I go visit family. But here, oil up the nose, oil like sometimes in the ears, just like oil getting everywhere. that barrier. Yeah. And, um, it's huge. It's huge. And it yeah. works so great, you know, yeah. just for anything, just even trapping the particulates that are in the air that get in there and kind of, you know, just hold it. But it's, um, yeah, it just helps like breathe easier and... Um, yeah, and it, pre- it it protects the mucous membranes really, really well. That's why the nausea, the nose oil, is so important, you know, because as our sinus cavities get more dried out, you know, they'll tend to um, get inflamed, right? And when there's inflammation, the body will then sort of produce some mucus to try to... What, what the body's essentially trying to do is lubricate the sinus passages. But that, that mucus can be kind of a vector for infections to set in and things like that too, right? Or, you know, if you have allergies, they'll get worse because of the inflammation and the... Um, in the mucus. So the oil is essentially creating that barrier, you know, and keeping the nasal passages lubricated. Um, so you can do, you know, I have people do their noses, their ears, up the back end even sometimes is actually a really good treatment <laughs> for vata. So, um, but yeah, oil, you know, <laughs> I was going to give one medicine for vata. It would probably be a big tub of oil. Big tub of oil. Yep. Just jump in. Dive on in. Dive in bath. head first. Have a little yep. Scrooge McDuck bath in there. And uh, Good reference. Thank <laughs> <laughs> like you. Little ducktails for all yeah, you uh, ducktails, 90s woo-woo. kids. Woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the entire theme We are song of the same generation. Duck- yeah, we are. We're right on there. So, like, we can literally go into every show and commercial and toy <laughs> and just know exactly what we're talking about which uh that was funny it's funny because that's originally what the whole podcast was going to be was just going into like 80s and 90s pop culture yeah, can... and getting that but we seep it in we i'd like to sprinkle it in <laughs> and uh <laughs> also have things that are kind of useful <laughs> but follow all, your real dream bradford yeah, follow <laughs> 80s and 90s commercials and that's, cartoons that's it i you know sometimes i'll just turn on like 
commercial montages, like an hour-long 80s. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> or you remember the commercial, and you're like, I gotta yeah, find it. Gotta and it's find like, it just... my buddy or something, <laughs> Yeah, right? my buddy, my exactly. Buddy. I've watched that. My kid sister. Kid sister. That's the, <laughs> the sequel toy. <laughs> 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 oh, oh the God. jingles are so great yeah, they're right it. there huh so bubblegum you it's try great. to remember all like the positive affirmations <laughs> but what what yeah. wins in the end yeah i that, love that you amazing I'm one commercial with the universe the punky I, brewster theme yeah then it's like you know i'm doing the meditation and then all of a sudden punky brewster and alf are right there <laughs> and i'm in melmac turf <laughs> yeah that's what that's how it is but i'll <laughs> use that use it the mantras. it's a tool it's yep. a tool um <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so that's a great way and so bi- i love how that system um it looks at everything it looks at every piece and finds very specific ways to target what is going to be most beneficial you know oh keep that food out add that in you know do this yoga pose yep. that yoga pose is going to be good for you yep. for right now and this time it might not later but right now it's going to be good and um, I know we've geeked out on this because, you know, I'm a huge Ayurvedic fan. And um, so, you know, the, the practices, uh, <laughs> you, can get, you can really go, like, deep you can. in there. And so, you know, just talking, like, yeah. Well, I was going to just say really quick, too, which is something I always make mention of, too, is that there is actually, you know, there's an unhealthiness layer and some of these things that i deal with with patients a lot you know where you can get so micro fixated on something that you let it rule your life and that's really not healthy either so yeah is very much a middle path type of (laughs) medicine you know so guilty as charged (laughs) (laughs) you know we're all humans i love a bowl of ice cream every once in a while too just like anybody else you know and it's a really important part to remember that that um, you know, they call it orthorexia, mm. which is kind of an over oh. analyzing and over fixation on health mm-hmm. and things like that. So yeah, a big part of my practice is sometimes just letting, helping people be gentle with themselves and forgive themselves and be a human being. Yeah. Very <laughs> important. Life is short, you know, yeah. life we, is short. And we're like, we're, we're pleasure creatures that are tuned to that. So, yeah. you know, in a healthy way, you know, yeah, you want to let yourself have some of these fun things you know right. to do um and then other times right maybe just kind of temp- i'd like to be said middle middle road middle yeah, road. you know i often use this i call it like the 80 20 rule so it's what mm. you do 80 percent of the time that's most important right mm. so if you're eating good for your doshas 80 percent of the time you're doing golden you're gonna be just mm. fine you know yeah. enjoy that cup of coffee or yeah. you know have that birthday cake or you know like life is short and should be fun and joy yeah. is a big part of Ayurveda too, you know, and having that, some of these foods that we, you know, we tend to call bad foods, you know, for like, um, bring us joy. They, they lighten our hearts and that's a really important quality too, to remember. So, um, of course there's always, you know, that doesn't mean do the ducktails into the the bowl of tricks, you know, and and oh and live gosh. on tricks or or, or <laughs> lucky charms, right? I've Just had to a, keep bringing in some more references. Um, had a lifetime of that stuff: <laughs> cereals, <laughs> Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry. Yeah, that's like look at that. So, yep. Anyway, sorry, I just wanted to throw that in there, too. We know we're not sponsored by these cereals because I don't think they're around anymore. So that's that's that. But, yeah, I think it's great just to, like, not being over the top with it all. Yeah. So you had uh, 
how long was the training where you did this training at Ayurveda at the school with Dr. Lod mm-hmm. in uh, New Mexico? Yep. And what was that like? How long was it? It's a two-year program. Um, it was amazing, absolutely life-changing um, for kind of the, some of the same reasons like when I was talking about Uma. He's a very central figure in my life. And, and ha- you know, he's an Ayurvedic doctor, so he had, did his schooling in India and was a, you know, ran a hospital there for 30 years or something right before he moved to the States. But he's just one of those people that when you're in his presence, you feel his experience and you feel his love and his humility. It just shines right out of him. Mm-hmm. And so learning from him just feels like knowledge just sort of seeps into you. It doesn't feel like an intellectual process. It feels like osmosis, you know, and that's been my experience with him. Um, So there's a lot of, you know, technical skills I was learning and doing all these trainings and things. But part of it was listening to him talk just about whatever he wanted to talk about, you know, and it was all helpful. And it all sort of grounded me in this sense of what it means to be a healer and I, and I mean that in the way not like in an ego way but in how to be a vessel to help other people heal because you know ultimately it's not about me I'm not, I'm not Dr. Jesus right it's about being Dr. Jesus or at least this is how I this is how I look at it right it's yeah. like I, I try my best to be a conduit for wisdom and healing to come through me to help the other person the less yeah. attached I feel to that the better it seems to go for all parties involved you know yeah, yeah. so that's the biggest thing I took away from him I saw this person yeah. who was you know yeah. Nothing's short of, in my mind, a magician, you know, with his level of intellectual knowledge, yeah. his healing abilities and all these things. And he was so humble about it. I mean, you would you'd see him walking down the street and walk right by him and not even guess, you know, the, the, the wealth of knowledge and experience this person has. He's, he's really cool. And I haven't had the time around him like you have. Uh, there's a great documentary that actually yep. we saw yeah. together. And uh, that's great. That's, uh, is it? What is it called? The it's Doctor from India. The Doctor from India. Yeah, and India. it's around online if people want to watch it. It's it's around. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was before you went to acupuncture school. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. I mean, <sighs> tell me about it. Acupuncture school is like, I mean, it's considered a doctorate. Yeah. So you were, that was three years after two? Yeah, yeah. It was a four-year program. I did it in three. I just wanted to kind of fire yeah. through it. So I kind of crunched it into three. And where was so, that? That school that's was... up in Boulder. I went okay. to a school up in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. So I was up there. Yeah. After I got done in New Mexico, you know, I mean, keep a boring story as short as possible. You know, there's not licensure for uh, Ayurveda in the States. Um, so it's not really something you can legally practice really well. Um, and I wanted to be kind of a, more of a clinician. And I knew I wanted to do that. So one of my teachers there at the school was also an acupuncturist. Yeah. Um, Dr. Claudia Welch. And she's amazing in her own right as well. And she... Um, really encouraged me to go do it you know so i just kind of packed my bags and moved to boulder and decided that's what i'm doing yeah you know so yeah then went up to boulder did the acupuncture chinese medicine herbology program and so and what was it like because i mean like you said uh, acupuncture is kind of like um came out of ayurveda and but there was there's differences yep so what would that be like? Um, how do you ex- how do you explain acupuncture? Now, obviously, I think more people are familiar with acupuncture than Ayurveda. What would you? How would you like give a synopsis of acupuncture? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I often give it a very simple synopsis, and I give it a very practical kind of definition. And to me, what acupuncture is essentially doing is helping the body to kick in its own healing mechanism on its own. 
So it's working through the nervous system primarily. So when you put the needle into the body, it's going to activate that nerve that's going to then fire a specific area in the brain that then tells whatever part of the body you're trying to fix, like, hey, we need some help here. And so it can send blood flow to the area. It can help uh, relax the muscles, and um, anti-inflammatory hormones, endorphins, encephalins, things like this. And it triggers the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the kind of rest, heal, relax part of our nervous system. The vagus nerve. To, yeah, the vagus nerve. Um, <laughs> keeping with the vagus themes. I just, I mean, that's too perfect. It's, Come it was on. good. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like maybe I set it up for you, but I promise I didn't. Um, yeah, so anyway, so, so it works on the body's nervous system and it helps you to, helps the body to do its thing so to speak right yeah you can look at it through the lens of of kind of traditional chinese medicine that there's a meridian system that runs through the body which are kind of these energetic channels and we're sort of essentially balancing these channels um i love simple analogies so to me it's like being a plumber yeah. i know where the clogs and the pipes like are and i just need to unclog um, that pipe and mario brothers it. mario brothers yep warp zones <laughs> things like this that's what i do i'm <laughs> you i'm are mario mario um <laughs> not <laughs> we're not luigi not, never Luigi. Never Luigi. <laughs> never Always be Mario. That guy. Don't ever call me Luigi. <laughs> no, you're no, Mario, and you're the Mario of the acupuncture world. And the Mario of the acupuncture world. I just got a star. Let's see what happens, right? <laughs> it is true. You get uh, really cool when you get the star. You do. Um, so then, yeah, you're, I love that, though. No, you're I should just, say I give people the star, right? give people the star. I give them acupuncture, they, they get the like star, that. and they go, dun, 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 Yeah, dun, dun. they feel like they got the star. Yep. feels like that for a while, and right. they got to get another one, right. come back. Right, Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't think get getting so silly. rid of Bowser. I know it's ridiculous. Oh my gosh, but uh, but it's good because I think that point will come across more for people. Um, so, and so I really like how you said that. And then and also, if you did, I don't know if you did say this with acupuncture, you are also balancing the elements. Oh, certainly, yeah, right. Yeah. So use a different set of elements. A different set of elements. However, yeah, you can you work with the elements as well, and, they, yeah. and they'll each have you know proclivity to certain people will have different uh, kind of arrangement of elements um, different foods will have elemental makeups right so you can look at that um, and again environment is a huge part of it too so um, yeah you know we live in a very hot and dry place right so the yes. fire elements very strong here yes, and is. the wind element or air element is, is also very strong here so yeah. we, we deal with a lot of complications around those things a lot of the diseases i see are going to be from those things right if yeah. we lived up in portland we'd probably see a very different set of symptomology coming up very regularly m a lot more phlegm and gunk and you know lung heaviness and and things like that are, are more prominent up there than they are down here yeah so and you have a community acupuncture clinic that you own and operate yep tell me about it's it true <laughs> <laughs> you're on to me yeah you so i it. so you got it <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I, I kind of operate in these, like, very interconnected and sort of separate worlds in a way. So I have an acupuncture clinic called Common Roots Acupuncture in Tucson. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's a model based on accessibility for patients. Um, it operates on a sliding scale, so it's affordable for people to come in and get regular treatments. And it gives patients kind of the power to make a call on what they can afford and not make cost as much of a barrier to uh, accessing care, so yeah, um, I love that part about it. Yeah, and um, and so yeah, it's 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 a group style clinic. So I'll often see a handful of people in a room together, um, and then you know there you kind of bring in that nice healing energy of a of a, the collective healing, much like you feel like when you're in like a 
you know, a, a gym class or a workout class or a yoga class or something like that, right? There's that collective yeah. healing energy that I think is really cool too. So yeah, um, I love that part of it. Yeah, it's a beautiful space. I got to tour it like know, a month ago or something. Yeah. And then it's just so cool. It's yeah. a really cool spot. Thanks. Really, really close to here right now. Um, and so, and you're, and you're, and there, you're also doing both. I mean, you're practicing, you have the clinic, but you also practice yep. Ayurveda there. Yeah, as I well. see, I see Ayurvedic it's, patients and Vedic astrology patients, um, kind of on the times I'm not sticking the needles basically. So Vedic astrology. Yes. Tell What's me about that. about that. Yeah. So Vedic astrology, um, it's, it's called Jyotish in India. So that's the actual name for it. Um, and it's, you know, it's tie. It's real. All the Vedic sciences are very intermingled, really. You know, so I've kind of obviously just had a fascination with all things in the Vedic world. So after Ayurveda, you know, I just kind of you start hearing little bits about Jyotish and how that might play some influence in your life. And I got my chart read and did these things right. Um, and to be honest, it wasn't something I thought I'd ever really study. You know, I just thought it was kind of cool. But I. Um, started studying one day and it of course had to do with like a planetary transit that was happening at the time and i just got super fascinated by it and just decided like i am going to learn this so i just um you know this is probably i don't know seven eight years ago now and um just dove in and i've just like loved it so so much um so it's 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 the vedic system of astrology it's different than western astrology there's some crossovers there's a lot of differences too in the way you interpret charts it's, it can be different and there's and some of it's a lot of technical stuff that's a little bit nerdy probably um than most people would want to go into but yeah so it's the astrology system in india you can look at things like people's health so i can read charts from an ayurvedic perspective too so you can look at health issues in somebody's charts you can look ahead and see what's going to happen and say okay this period coming up is a good time to be careful with your gallbladder or you know injuries things like that so you can look at use it from a health perspective um, you can look at the doshas or the elements in somebody's chart too and get a sense of it and get some, sometimes it's just more confirmation about what you've found in person. Don't use um, your knees during this week. Right. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> no matter what you do, get a piggyback ride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, you can look at all kinds of things, right? It's like any astrology system really. So I, I you know, most people, I always joke, people want to know when am I getting paid? When am I getting laid? Those are like the two biggest questions, you know, but, um, you can look at all aspects of is life. It really? Is that what people, of people course are, it is. Like, what am I you know, I mean, I'm being a little bit <laughs> silly about it, but yeah. Yeah. People want to know about career stuff, right? And love. Yeah. Those career are and love. What other big things are there in life really? Right. Nothing. I mean, there's that spiritual alignment part, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. No, but you can, it's great. I mean, you can look at people's karmic, you can look at karmas in somebody's chart and see their aptitude for certain things. So somebody may want to like run a business and they might not really actually be cut out for it. And so you can sort of help them kind of, you know, guide them into a way to have those experiences that'll be successful for them. So that's really cool. Yeah. You know, um, you can look at what else? I mean, love life stuff, of course. Um, and I love the predictive stuff. You know, I love saying, you know, when people want to move or something, and I said, like, look at this chunk of time that's coming up, you know, next year, these couple of months, are you're going to be really supported. So if you can wait till then, move then, you know, or if you want to yeah. buy a house or sign contracts or, you know, or if you're ready to start your own business, when's a good time to start a business? Um, they yeah. use it for marriage compatibility, too, and, you know, all the fun stuff. But, um, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. What got, and what got you into that? Did you have any, um, any like, good 
good times with that getting <laughs> you know freer chart was there something that was like you know i well it went back to dr laud he's the first person to have read my chart years and years and years ago right and yeah. i i found it really interesting but yeah like i said i never thought i would really study it to practice you know i just thought it was this cool kind of thing and then i had another good friend read my chart maybe 15 years ago and that was really helpful so it was yeah i guess these experiences of just seeing how it was helpful in my yeah. life and i think part of it was just another extension of like i've been studying ayurveda and um some different like um you know um some of the other like vedic sciences right um vastu which is like vedic feng shui which i love too you know and they all mm. have these like pieces where it's like yes it's its own science but they can really intermingle in a really cool way yeah um and you know the the ancient texts recommend you everybody should know at least a little bit about each of these different sciences or philosophies right yeah so it's just a, yeah i guess it was an expansion of of what i was doing and just that's where the karmic interest pulled me right yeah it's time to start doing charts um and so you said it's a little different than the Western style. So for, for folks that maybe you're just kind of a little bit dipped in, you know, they always think they, you know, they read their horoscope in the newspaper, which is, mm-hmm. I don't know. But like the, the way that, um, that Vedic astrology will kind of look at something in a similar way, um, is it sometimes in alignment or is it a, just vastly different? It's both, you know, and what's really interesting is when I see people who have had their Western charts done and I say, okay, you know, like, give this a little space. Tell me what you think about this perspective. Mm. And, you know, in some ways it's a different lens, right? So, I, you know, I don't necessarily, I mean, I love Vedic astrology and I, I, that's what I practice. I don't really know a ton about Western astrology, but I respect astrologers across the board, you know, and I think everybody who's a good astrologer is going to be able to share something good. So, um, but the perspective I often give people from the, their, their Jyotish or their Vedic chart most people say, wow, that's really cool, and that makes a lot more sense. So that's just my personal experience with it. Yeah. Um, there's some different emphasis on, you know, we look at the rising sign in somebody's chart as being a really fundamental piece or a really important part, um, more so than the sun sign, which is what most people, you know, when you read the magazine, and here's your monthly horoscope, which right? I'm a Cancer, I'm a Leo, or whatever. That's what right? you're born with. That's, right. your, that's your sign. And so the rising sign is the... What is that difference there? That's 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 the sign. So you know, there's there's uh, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, right? All the signs. What was on the on on, on your cusp, right? What, when you were born, or what sign was on the horizon when you were mm. born? So, the Vedic system uses that as kind of m- a much more of a picture of who am I, or what are my mannerisms, or what does my physical body look like, or what is my mental capacity, right? We're always looking at the rising sign, kind of as playing a bigger role than your sun sign. So let's just throw an example out. If somebody has um, Leo hmm. as their rising sign. Oh. I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I do, too. That's why I did it as an example. <laughs> do we both have <laughs> I Leo? I just want to hear about me. We both you know, I don't remember your chart. It was so long ago. I looked at it. Yeah. Um, I think I'm a Leo rising. Yeah. Welcome. So we're both Leo risings. So t- talk about that. Well, so, yeah, so this is interesting, right? So in Western astrology, I'm a Cancer sun. You know, I was born in July. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have Virgo rising in my in a, in a Western chart. But so in the Vedic system, I'm a Leo rising. So that, so in a sense, I, you would look at me more as a Leo than a Cancer. 
again, it's one of those things where both perspectives have an interesting insight. I never really would identify with like a Leo rising as being, you know, my kind of general, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, quick list of what I consider what Leo's like. Um, but I see it very much now, you know, like I, I say, okay, that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I do, you know, I run a business, I run, I have two businesses really. Right. And, um, you know, doing some of this stuff with, you know, YouTube and, and, and doing my own interviews and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. There's a big piece that really shows forth in that I can see and where my son goes in my chart also says a lot actually about I've I've rooted that back to punk rock <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah, it goes into the 12th house Sitting there with um, Rahu, which is the north node of the moon. It's kind of a shadowy planet So it, there's a big conflict with authority emotionality mm. um, the 12th house has a lot to do with um, being kind of outside society it's the house of also death and moksha liberation and things like that too right so it's a big placement for yeah. kind of having conflict with you know the son is the father conflict with authority um in, in a sense so, yeah yeah um what about you talked about the vedic feng shui yeah like how would that vary how would that be different from um i don't know if some folks are so I'm aware of, you know, uh, very, very basic feng shui, right? Like, don't put, keep the bath. Um, don't the put a sharks in front of your front door, right? <laughs> don't put sharks. <laughs> um, don't put, like, mirrors up in right. the bedroom facing, you know, um, different directions of sleeping. Yep. Put the toilet seat down when at night or, you know, um, <laughs> which I don't do. But the... Uh, <laughs> But like, so what What would, are there some similarities there again? Or is there, you know, I haven't really studied feng shui in depth. So I know little bits and bobs of it too, you know, but they use, I know they use like a bagua diagram, which is a slightly different diagram. Yeah. You gotta, I've, I've seen that hang, before. There's one hanging right um, over us right yeah, now. So I don't know the system that well, to be honest with you, but. But in the Vedics, some, in the Veda system, what was it called? It's the. Vastu. Vastu. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah Vastu. Mm-hmm. What would be like, what would be a good tip for, for somebody that wants to practice Vastu for their home? You know, some like, what's like the the big thing they need to do? Like a really simple thing? Well, simple so, thing. Simple. Not so big. the east simple. direction is, is very big in Vastu. So you have an, like your house right now, you have an east facing entrances spectacular it's very good the sun rules your overall health well-being um your ability to kind of shine bright in the world to be an authority in whatever field you're in career-wise all good stuff to have Um, (laughs) you hear that people yeah you hear that (laughs) it's been confirmed listen to me i've been trying to tell you Right, yeah, so you have yeah. a great you have a great Just, entrance to your house. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I always look at the east side because it has so much to do with your health. Um, oh, and, interesting. And your kind of social standing in the world and, and your ability to complete tasks and do things. So east-facing entrance is very good. Um, it's good to always keep an unobstructed walkway. You've got a chair kind of right in Well, that's, front not, of it. Normally that's not normally there. No, okay, no, just good. because we're, we're doing that's this. That's for right now. That's usually like right here, so you can hang okay, out right Okay, perfect. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, so, so you wow, want your east. I'm off the hook there. Right. Yeah, you want your east side one. to be very open so that sun rays come through it. You know, these you should open these. Uh, they are usually. The morning, no, they the are usually open. It's Look just at you, Bradford. <laughs> that's why we listen to you. That's another reason we should be listening to you. You already know. I'm being torn apart. Um. Okay, so yeah, but normally open blinds, let the light in. Yep, very much, very much. Uh, in the east side. So it doesn't matter who, where the east side, whoever has their east side, that's what you, you want. So you'd even want maybe something if they don't have access to light mm-hmm. where they live, maybe a light that would be on the east side that would shine. 
You can like, do something, yeah, if, if there's not an east-facing window. I mean, I just did somebody's house actually a few weeks ago, right? And you can put something that's symbolic of the sun, right? So mm. even a picture of a sunrise or, mm. you know, out here in the desert, we have a lot of those little, like, sun kind of, I don't know, yeah. not statues, but wall kind of plaque things, right? Oh, yeah. Putting those. one of those on the outside of your house on the east wall, very good way. My, my uh, last house I owned had, didn't have good window opens on the right. east side, so I had a big sun on that on that wall to help open up that energy some more. So maybe you get um, a huge mural of like the Teletubbies sun. Something like that, yeah. I don't think the ancient Vedas wrote about the Teletubbies, but, you know, little did they know we were going to improve on the system <laughs> 5,000 years later. <laughs> yeah, with the, little with did the they Teletubby. Know. Little did they know little how advanced they know. we'd go yep. with the Teletubbies. They thought they had it figured out. Um, so... <laughs> Um, you have a horseshoe above your door. That's actually super auspicious, too. That's really? great. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Very much. And it's facing up even better. And uh, this, the dream catcher? Dream catcher. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah, good, yeah. too. Yeah, you know, your flags. So relating it back to astrology, your, mm. your front entrance is kind of like your first house. And for anybody okay. who doesn't know astrology, your first house is kind of your microscopic image of who you are as a person, right? You can read your whole chart sort of through your first house. Yeah. So you really want that east entrance to be... You know, bright, clean, well-lit, non-obstructed, you know, good paint on the door, good solid door, and things like that. Those mm. are all good ways to improve um, your, your house fastu. Cool. Yeah. That's really nice. And you could lay people's charts. You know, I'll, I'll take people's charts and lay that diagram over house, too, and you can look at it from that angle, too. Yeah. It, um, you can go so deep. You know, you can start yeah. really simple, and you can just keep... And what was the word that we had earlier, just so people don't do that? It's... Um, what do we have? With the os... Uh, where you're too focused on on health, like oh, orthorexia, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so don't, don't do, do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Very balanced. Sun up. That's right. good. That's yep. fine. That's good enough. Um, you're good. <laughs> no, that's really interesting. So that's that's a really practical thing. I think that folks could do. Yep. And uh, and and be really nice. And and to from that you could expect once you do that that. Everything is going to be perfect. Pretty much, right? <laughs> right. No, part of it is like, yeah, you do these practices. Same thing with Ayurveda. You mm. do, you take in, you know, you see somebody who knows, kind of has studied this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you try it out. Because ultimately, getting back to punk rock, yeah. there is no authority but yourself, right? Yeah. So you see, so say I made some changes to your front entrance. Give yeah. it a few months. See what you notice. Do you feel healthier? Is your energy levels better? You know, if you get sick normally, are you less sick? Do you mm-hmm. feel more vibrant about life, right? Yeah. You check it out. And if it's not quite right, you retweet it and try it's slightly different right so yeah you know i i have kind of a really <laughs> i guess this is coming from punk too but a little bit of a decentralized authority kind of perspective on all of these arts and sciences yeah. you know like i think it's important that we at the end of the day we tap into ourselves and and there's actually one of the fostu texts like the ancient ones it says if if a person feels good in their sp- I'm really butchering it if a person feels good in their space that space is an auspicious space right so mm. there's all these rules that you can follow they're all great they all help at the end of the day it's like how do you feel inside are you content are you happy yeah. do you feel good about this right right that's yeah the, that's the ultimate truth right and much like we were talking about being around somebody who is exuding that kind of you know that nice uh, good vibration um, when you're in a space that feels good. You you know that you it's right. It feels clean. It feels um, totally. warm home. You know, cozy. Uh, it, it's like 
just feels like there's been good things happening here. You know, people right. are having fun. They're having um, really nice conversation. Um, That's how I tell prayer. people, you I know, mean, when people, especially people are like, what is this about? Is it even real? Mm -hmm. And that, I think, again, I like these simple real life examples. Like we've all walked into a space where you're like, Ugh, I don't know what happened here, but yeah. something not good. Or, you know, like yeah. I feel heavy and gross in here. Or you walk into a space that feels open, vibrant, yeah. alive. You know, that's that's that feeling you're, that, that Vastu is tapping into and helping to create an environment that your sensory interactions with. Yeah. will bring you more of that feeling of contentment or happiness or clearness or whatever. Right? I love it. And yeah. The, yeah, I love that. And even just like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, it's a little off topic a little, but like the, the woman who does the joy of tidying, who I, you know, I love that Marie Kondo. <laughs> and I was like, that's great. You know, you're just, you're keeping things tidy and like speaking to your stuff, you know, like right. it's just bring me joy and, or have I just not used this in years and, it's just sitting around and, you know, right. kind of creating this, like... And you can look prana. at that as chi or prana, mm -hmm. which is kind of, yeah. you know, that's stagnant or stuck chi or stuck prana, right? Yeah. So things that just sit there, don't have any life to them, and you don't pay attention to them. Yeah. Um, that just becomes a kind of a blob of stuckness, right? So you clean it, you cleanse, right? <laughs> you yeah. clean those things out, prana is able to flow through your house or your office or whatever yeah. um, more freely. Yeah. I think that's what I love in like the Miyazaki movies where everything's mm. alive. Mm. Like the cartoons, Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle, like everything is animated. Mm. And um, you just get a sense that, that like those cultures really have that connection to everything, you know, the whole natural world and, and inanimate objects. Yep. Like there is a dialogue and there is a relationship to them. So, I, yeah, I dig that. Cool. Um, what could you give as like maybe like a forecast, if you will, for <laughs> just with what you've been studying? Um, yeah. Is that well, you know, so obviously good? the big <laughs> elephant in the room of what's like going on in the world right now. Um, you know, there's there's some big placements that happened um, in like 2019 um, with the nodes of the moon. We won't probably we don't have to get too into it, right? But but Rahu or the North Node has a lot to do with like disease, famine, um, unforeseen events, kind of spontaneous surprise things, right? That kicked in right at the end of 2019, right? So and in a big cycle that happens every I think it's like 18 and a half years or so, right? You know, and this is kind of the dorky underside of it but you know you can look back and say when's the last time that you know you always can look at cycles and when the last time this happened what happened then right so the, the, the before that was like 9-11 time and then before that was like the AIDS crisis kind of really blew up it was like 82 I think um, before that was the 60s so that was um, JFK assassination right so all these strange things that are all, uh, also kind of surrounded by mystery and unknown forces and a lot of questioning about what's happening right um that's kind of the energy that Rahu brings, right? So that kicked in heavy in 2019, in the end of 2019, right? Yeah. We kind of got out of the major part of that cycle. Um, the other big thing that's been happening is Saturn and Jupiter have been sitting in Capricorn. Um, this is, for those of you who know astrology, and maybe our Western astrologers might be like, 
throwing up in your mouth a little bit right now, right? <laughs> so so the, some of the measurements are a little different, right? Um, so in sidereal astrology, Capricorn and Jupiter have been, or sorry, uh, Saturn and Jupiter have been sitting in Capricorn. Jupiter's not happy in Capricorn, right? It's debilitated. It means it's just not a strong planet or it's not happy in that spot. And so it's been sitting there too. Jupiter rules expansion, happiness, optimism, growth, good things, right? So when it's not happy, we just don't get those things, right? Saturn's the taskmaster, makes us work, causes us misery, delays, all the all that stuff. So Jupiter just finally has moved out of debilitation um, just last month, actually, or earlier this month, I mean. Um, so that's been a very good sign. Um, so what I see in astrologers that I trust see is that this period, there's some, there's some complications for another two or three weeks with Mars. We won't dig too deep into that, but there's still some potential for kind of flare ups of, of even, um, um, you know, Mars is about, um, passion, even violence, sometimes aggression. So fiery things and fiery energy, right? So we got a few more weeks till we get out of that Mars piece of it. After that, you know, through into the fall is a good period really like once jupiter is kind of back on our team again <laughs> you know and i would say that to me points a lot towards you know the pandemic keep kind of going the path it is and we do you know i know we have all these like oh there might be another flare there might be this or that right there should be good stuff through the summer it does go back into retrograde again in the fall but it's only a small period it's like it starts in september and into just november so so maybe another little chunk of kind of some more of what we've seen already and then it moves back out again and then things seem to be looking up more for next year nice so you know there, there there's a, is a of course like everything there's mixed yeah <laughs> energy there's good and bad right and there's always sure. that the polarity. um i'd say watch these next couple weeks um um you know stuff with guns violence even hopefully nothing terrible or horrible uh, but fires earthquakes anything that has to do is very martian energy uh, yeah. war stuff like that you know it's not great it's not in a great placement right now but it's just a couple more weeks of that yeah. and then large in part just putting a broad brush stroke we should do good until the fall for that little retrograde period and then we might see some setbacks maybe some more you know lockdown type kind of things happening or something like that and then into the next year hopefully yeah all goes well all smooth sailing, roaring 20s. Roaring 20s or boring 20s. One or the other is going to happen, right? So that's, yeah, that's my mini forecast for the, <laughs> for the rest of this year. That's great. And um, so what, just one more thing here with like Mercury retrograde. Yeah. That's something I think, I'm trying to think what people are familiar with. That's you know, about it, right? <laughs> what, yeah. What would the, what, how does that translate in Vedic astrology? It, you know, it serves a very kind of similar meaning. You know, Mercury involved, is involved in communications, electronics, um, commerce, interactions, things like that. So when a planet goes retrograde, it essentially just means it's acting kind of funky, right? So when you look up in the sky and see a planet, it appears as if it's going backwards. It's not obvious. It's just the angle we're seeing it from the Earth. But the way it's interpreted is that's a period where whatever is relative to that specific planet, the qualities of that planet are just going to get a little bit funky. It doesn't always mean bad. It just means a little bit messy. And Mercury is already kind of a fast planet. involves speed. And it's very vata yeah. or air element energy. Yeah. You know, the big thing, everybody's like, watch your computers, watch your, you know, yeah. you know electronics go crazy. And, and I think like there is a piece of that. It's like nerd, right? saying, war, nerd warning. Right, totally. Watch totally. out. That's where you roll your eyes, right? Computer, um, <laughs> your phone's going to blow up. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, to be honest, I don't give it a whole ton of heed. You know, yeah. I don't change my life around it. I don't recommend people do either, you know. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of stuff with astrology I think is also really great to use. It's just a practice of mindfulness. I've mm-hmm. really begun to think of astrology in that way. So yeah, you look at kind of where placements are or, tra- or um, where, where planets are going, transits, and you say, oh, let's be more mindful around that area of my life, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost a practice in and of itself. I l- I'd like that you said that as a practice because it can be like a scapegoat. I think people totally. can use it like... It's Mercury retrograde, right. and uh, I'm off the hook, and or that's whatever. Such a lazy way. Like it's such a lazy way to yeah. use it. And then you're just in this place where you can be mindful of, okay, this thing is happening. I will pay special attention, without being neurotic, right. to this <laughs> aspect of my life that could me- need tending to my relationship with my family, my um, the work, like what's what's really serving me in my highest way right now i like that yeah. you know like i can really kind of follow this that path um to use it to um you know to, i i don't know i'm always thinking like what's going to make me a better person a more loving and caring person and and if that's bringing me towards that you know that outcome right like in using that so i, I really like that just like you know kind of that could be a mindfulness practice and a way to to utilize it yeah yeah totally and that's what you know i really enjoy even just putting out general kind of forecast stuff you know yes you know it's it's really obviously best to have your chart interpreted because the planets all sit in different areas of our life and our chart too so how you know a mercury retrograde is going to affect you is going to be slightly different than how it'll affect me and yeah. vice versa right yeah um so you know that's always the best but there's these like general themes and i really love that idea of and, and you know again it's a practice for me to do where i go Oh, I'm telling people to be mindful of their, you know, this. Yeah, yeah. maybe I should try that too. <laughs> yeah, I'll try it out as well. It's kind of like that healer, heal yourself kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. You got to also do the work yourself, and it's yeah. a good kick in the ass sometimes for me, you know, to yes to be more mindful or or whatever, right? I I learned quite a bit from my uh, the clients that I work with is you know what I'm what I'm offering them to try. It's a reminder. It's just oh yeah that does work and right. i can follow that as well and uh and it can be really helpful yeah. it's like just kind of forget that sometimes when we're when we're in these in these roles um and so yeah right and i'll also i'm going to link to your, your youtube you have a lot of great videos you've been doing just for these forecasts and uh self-help um routines and things and just like little nuggets that are great to be able to kind of sprinkle through and be like oh great this is something i can do for tending to my body if i'm like wearing my mask too much or um you know got like shoulder pain yep. and stuff like that so yeah i do a lot i'm a little bit of like a chronic student you know <laughs> and so yeah there's some ayurvedic stuff in there ayurvedic food practices or lifestyle stuff i do vedic astrology of course some vastu stuff um, some just silly stuff too, a little bit too. Student holic, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah, but it's great. I mean, you're you're pursuing uh, knowledge. Keep going in that direction. Um, I I want to ask a couple questions. I do at the end of the shows here for you, um, which is <laughs> it's a pivot. We're pivoting. Okay. What was your favorite toy growing up? Ooh. 
Um, toy. You know, the first thing that really comes to my mind isn't really a toy, but, you know, I grew up on the edge of the desert, so I was always building forts. Ah. I have a weird fascination. This is a funny thing, too. <laughs> Another weird pivot. I have a fascination with, like, like I love war history. I've always, like, I, I love war movies, you know. I, I thought it was going to be in the Air Force when I was a kid, you know. Wow. And there's good, there's good stuff in my chart about, I th you know, and I really, truly think I was, like, a revolutionary in my past life, you know, I have this, yeah. I think I've told you, I have this big connection to the Spanish Civil War. Yes. You know, like, I feel this, like, I was there, and, like, I'm, it's not over yet, I'm going back, you yeah. know, and yeah. <laughs> Franco and the fascists <laughs> will go down, you know, like, it, it feels very visceral, you know? Yeah. It's very funny, because I'm a, you know, I'm a big hippie, really, but. Right. Anyway. Um, peace punk. I always say peace I punk. I was a peace punk, Because I, I feel, yeah. yeah I yeah. was, I was. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I, yeah, building forts and kind of playing war stuff. Yeah was like my thing. I loved it. I wow. loved it so much. That's awesome. Yeah. Like just uh, lean-tos and like just things out and... Yeah, go find, you know, like those... I remember we used to go find those political signs, those really big ones, you know, yeah. that were like, I don't know, five feet across or, and build walls at those and drag <sighs> bricks out into the desert to wow. like stabilize and, That's you awesome. know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. That's super I loved smart. forts. I loved playing forts and <laughs> yeah. building communication systems with pipes and you know, yeah I mean, it was it was intricate that's really loose. that's rad we didn't do training drills or any uh, <laughs> yeah none of that but just fun fun fair should have thought of that <laughs> um and then what i'm gonna add another question because i have two but i'm gonna i'm gonna i want to start trying to do this third question so the, fir the the second one is what's your favorite movie you know, I always come back to, I don't know if this is totally accurate, but it might be uh, Back to the Future series. I mean, I could watch that Dude. forever. And I will watch it forever. Yeah. Because yes. it, it, all three of them are great in their own way. And, like, yeah. you know, I remember being a kid when you watched the second one about the future. And you're like, yes. how amazing is the future going to be? And then, yeah. you know, there's the Wild West. And you're like, yeah. God, how cool would that have been back there? You know? I, <laughs> I love that series. When the second, I, I totally agree. The first Back to the Future might be up in my top three like of all time it's like the perfect right. one of the perfect movies like it hits every you know literally yeah. every every all the feelings yeah everything and uh but when the second one came out with the hoverboard uh. i remember like <laughs> i remember calling toys r us and be like um when you are is the hoverboard there do you have it and the woman be like um uh let me go check and i was like oh my god they're like they're not in yet they're coming <laughs> And she came back. She's like, you know, we don't have that in yet. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, not yet. But it's coming. It's on its way. It's on the truck. Huh? It's on the way. It's like you just didn't get a shipment in. Okay. Right. And I called back a few times, and then finally it was like somebody, I think, had heard, was wise enough. Like this movie's out, and they're like, that's just the movie. That's that was just a prop. Like right. that's not real. Right. I was like, but it says Mattel. <laughs> Anyway, that's maybe someday. Did you, this is another tangent on that stream, but did you see, this is, I don't know, a couple years ago now, maybe three or four, but um, they had Michael J. Fox. They made, Nike made him, you know, the shoes yes. from the second one. Oh, yeah, I did. And they made yeah. like a special pair for him. Yes, and, I did yeah. see that. That was, that's that was great. great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I also remember we want, and this is another little <laughs> one, but on this Back to the Future 2, I remember we had a party that day on 2015 and we all watched i remember that day no it wasn't november 5th it was a different date but it was 2015 so it was like yep. 30 years later yep um yeah you remember that good day right it was a good day auspicious a good day, day. To go to the future auspicious um 
Marty McFly's Vedic astrology chart. Yes, we need yeah. to read that. <laughs> that would be all over the place. <laughs> like, dude, you got you got a weird one here. Um, third question, which you'll be the first I'm, I'm throwing this in as to a guest on his favorite album. <gasps> oh, wow. That's really hard, Bradford. I know. I know. And I, it's probably, one, I think huh? we get like a top 10 is good or top three even, but it's tricky. I mean, so this could be just something, think of it like, you know, I know it could be a changing thing, but even just like right now, what's what's the one that maybe had like, yeah. Okay, so I just had to pause because this is a hard question. We needed some time. And um, I was telling you, like, I was able to kind of get like a top 10 a couple years ago that I felt good about, but this is a tough one. So you had you said you had a couple maybe that are like kind of up there. Yeah, well, you know, it's like there's there's ones that are different parts of your life. Yes. Change, exactly. Life-changing. And there's right. ones that are kind of like emotions, like depending on what you're going through, you know. But the, I mean, you know, it's funny to say because it's not something I listen to all the time. But one album that I do come back to over the years is um, a crass album, Feeding of the 5000. Yes. They were such a pivotal band for me. I mean, just, just yeah. one of those mind-opening bands that, and I still just for fun, you know, we'll put that on and just like kind of like rock out and you know get really angry and you know and, yeah. and have fun with that but that album but it's about so much more than just that album you know yes. for me but that album's huge another one that jumps out at me is um bruce springsteen nebraska oh, yeah. is a fan freaking fantastic album and yes. i listen to that one when i you know i drive up to vegas a lot to see my family yeah and there's this really specific mood that when i hit phoenix on the way home from phoenix to tucson and it's late at night usually yeah it's like 10 p.m. and I just put on Nebraska and that's like my get me home album because yeah. that's such a good like travel out. I mean it, yeah. it just makes you want to drive and open expanses forever you know it's so intimate and open like yeah he has he's right there with you I mean it's it, it's all acoustic right I mean there's some a little bit of yeah but, no, no, there's like a little electric but it's little, so low key super I mean, low key he did well. it on a four track a yeah, yeah, yeah. studio I think and like he's so I think he did it in a, like a, in his I think he did it in a hotel room in Nebraska <sighs> and he sent it to the band and was like hey I got some ideas you know and they're yeah. like dude put this out this yeah, is brilliant that's done you right. just you don't need us on that one right um, that's a good well good answer good one yeah that's yeah really they're, they're pretty divergent I guess kind of yeah. themes and stuff but As, yeah, those are yeah. both huge for me you know I mean like yeah, there's so much mood. I mean, I can still, you know, I don't listen to punk rock every day, of course. Yeah. But like, you know, when I'm in the mood, I need some bad brains that, you yes. know, they've they've stood the test of time for me. I, st- I mean, yeah. still to me, just phenomenal band. Oh, yeah. Um, and that emotion still so feels so raw and good. And, it's amazing. Um, you know, most of my music these days is much more mellow and, <laughs> yeah. you know, budgeons and chanting or, <laughs> you know, atmospheric stuff, you know, but, Schum- you know. Schumann residents of the earth, like just listening to frequencies like totally. that. Totally. I do. I do. Yeah, I do too. Me too. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty as charged right. again. Um, but 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 the Nebraska album, as my friend John Balzarini have had on the show, he would say, "The only boss you ever need." Right. Like, I love that. I love that's that true. thing. I love it. Uh, anything else that you wanted to kind of like throw out there, just before we? Uh, I think that's great, Bradford. Yeah. Um, I know I said it to you like off this, but I love that you're doing this so much. Thanks. I think this is such a good thing for you. And I think you're awesome at it. Thanks. And I'm super excited to hear the other yeah. podcasts too. I think it's so cool. Thanks man. Um, Thanks Josh. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, and, and we'll have, have links to everything where they can find you, uh, YouTube, and um, your practice, and anything else. Like, I mean, cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, most stuff. the nice thing again, of course, with technology. You know, I see a lot of people kind of through Zoom consults. I do a lot of Vedic astrology and Ayurvedic stuff over Zoom, so I can book consults online. Um, so I can see people kind of from anywhere. Yeah, I have a, my acupuncture practice here in town too. Yeah, haven't figured out how to poke needles through the Wi-Fi Not internet yet, yet but um, maybe <laughs> someday we'll see. Tell people a little to the left, right? There. Okay, now do it. Yeah, <laughs> poke, right poke, there. Poke. That. Go on, um, no. But yeah, I'm you know Rupa Ayurveda is my um, rupaayurveda.com. I got you know all the That's socials. It. I got Instagram and yeah. um, Facebook and YouTube and all that too. So so check out all the links there. And uh, dude, great seeing you. I'm so happy you're here. You too, man. Yeah, this is fun. Thank you. Be well. Well, hot diggity dogs, diggity, diggity, diggity dogs. That was fun and really great hanging out. You know, after the show ended, we were just remarking how nice it is to hang out in person outside. Beautiful day. Amazing. Um, A little windy, so you hear some of that through the show. But hey, I can't control that. That is not my problem. And uh, you also heard some stuff maybe in the distance There's a big dumpster that got put outside our house, so people were dumping things in there. Again, that's not my problem either. But what my problem is, is creating a wonderful, beautiful experience for your ears, and which then will send signals to your heart saying, that felt nice to hear. I like that. And I actually felt really inspired through the show. I, I... I don't know how you feel about this. I feel really inspired when I'm with other people and feed off the energy. And uh, so it was really great being with Josh here and and just kind of going off of, you know, us riffing back and forth and sprinkling in our our wonderful 80s and 90s pop culture references to some really uh, interesting material and uh, fun, 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 fun. Daddy did not take the T-bird away because we're in a good zone. I wonder if um, I'm repeating things. I, I think I said this before. So I'm even repeating the fact that I might be repeating material that I've done on these intros and outros, but I just don't know. I also was just about, while I was saying that, I was just about to start like auto speaking as I was, as if I was sending a text. That feels a little scary to me. I, I just almost like wanted to say exclamation point after I just did that last sentence. Wow. Okay. That's, that's interesting. That seems like a wake up call. That's, <laughs> that's a wake up text. Okay. Well, I had a really good time here. Um, I'm kind of just still coming off of this really fun experience of finishing up a uh, short series that I've been in. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And there'll be more, I'll be talking about that more in the upcoming episodes really excited about it. It was a great experience. And um, yeah, just give you a little teaser. Lucid Films is uh, it's the Instagram right now for it. So there, there's a lot of stuff kind of that will be revealed soon about the project. But I'll, I'll just keep that for now, Lucid Films. And uh, all the show notes, I got all of Josh's stuff on there. Check him out. Really great spending some time with him. He's got some wonderful offerings. Please check out his... Uh, his um his stuff on youtube and then you know if you want to book a session he's really really skilled quite a skilled practitioner and uh 
What else? Oh, if you would like to add a little something to my Patreon piggy bank, that would be much welcomed. I will never not say no to that. Yeah, one negative, positive, negative. Yeah, okay. Well, that's about all from my end. I hope you're keeping it wonderful and joyous in your hearts and minds. And I will see you on the flip-flop. All right, my friends. Bye.